gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of ACC Tailgate. I am your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. I'm jazzed up. I'm caffeinated. I'm gassed up, and I am ready to go on a Monday. Welcome in, everybody, to ACC Tailgate here on Chris Landry Football. It's Thanksgiving week. I, I don't even know what else to say. Like, I, I can literally end the show now. And we're only, you know, we had the little opening intro uh, countdown that's like 28, 30 seconds long. So really, I've only been on air for about 30 seconds, but I can just leave now. Like, it's it's Thanksgiving week. Have a nice day. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, college, and it only gets better. It literally only gets better from here. We got Thanksgiving this week. For those of us who actually enjoy it and are still going to be doing such things, we got Black Friday on Friday. Got to get in and get the get the good deals. Um, me personally, I'm putting up my Christmas tree on Wednesday, so there's that. Uh, college basketball starts on Wednesday, which is really actually I should say ACC basketball starts on Wednesday. I don't know when the first official college basketball game is. It might be sooner than that. Um, so that's in the mix. Uh, Charlotte Hornets are having the best week of their lives, which means I'm having one of the best weeks of – no, not one of. I'm having the best week of my life as a Charlotte Hornets fan after we obviously drafted LaMelo Ball, got Gordon Hayward this weekend, uh, got Vernon Carey Jr. out of Duke. That's going to be a good big man for the Hornets. Uh, so that's that's in the mix. For me, yet again, Carolina Panthers – uh, got a win with P.J. Walker, uh, one of the transfers that came in uh, from the XFL, got his first career start, got a win against the Lions, shut him out. Not that big of a deal because it's Detroit, but it is for the Panthers because, you know, they're not having the greatest season in the world, you know, still building. Um, whew. Ha, that's a lot. I'm out of breath already. Um, I just had a delicious caramel mocha. From Sheets, because I had Sheets reward points on my app that I needed to use. Um, and it was absolutely delicious because I got Reese's and Oreos crushed up and mixed up in there. Uh, got a little espresso in there. Might explain the energy just a bit. Um, welcome into our first guest. Hello. How are you doing? Thanksgiving week. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're getting the turkey ready. Mine is in the fridge. Uh, what else? I'm looking like a blueberry today. I got, there goes my ring light. Um, actually should have warned you ahead of time. So a few shows ago, I thought my ring light had burned out. Uh, it turns out that the the little square, the little square thing that you plug in, you know, your chargers, that the square that plugs into the actual wall, into the actual outlet, I guess mine's bad and it like goes out and stops working after a period of time. I don't know why. I don't know where my actual all the time working one is. I can't find it. So as I expected, the light has gone out, but we're still, we're still good. We're still good. Um, what else? But no, looking like a blueberry today. I uh, got the, got the Panthers toboggan rocking. I'm actually getting a little hot in here now. Uh, Panthers toboggan. Got a Duke blue shirt. It's not a Duke shirt for all our podcast listeners. In no way, shape, or form will you ever see anything Duke on my body. 
Unless I'm getting jumped by a Duke fan. Then I'm going to have, you know, but I'll take care of that because, you know, we can take care of Duke fans. Um, no, got an old uh, uh, baseball shirt where I played Juco baseball at, Surrey Community College. Shout out. Didn't even have to pay me for it. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, looking like a blueberry. Uh, other than that, and then obviously the bit, and, and on top of all of that, on top of all of that, just good on top of good on top of good on top of good that's got me jacked up and ready to go for today's show and this week quite frankly um we've got some really good ACC football to talk about which is actually quite interesting because the two top teams in the league didn't play this week and yet we've still got a ton to talk about today um stuff that happened this weekend stuff that's going to be going down this coming weekend uh we got new rankings. We've got a new ACC team. If you if you didn't already think I was jacked up, wait till you hear this. Carolina, the Tar Heels have broken back in. We're back in to the top 25 as they are, I believe, the number 25 team, the final team to get in. Um, so there's that. Which has got me all uh, all gassed up because, as we're about to discuss, and and you know I'll, I'll get there in just a second. Carolina did not play this weekend; they had the weekend off. They did not do anything, uh, and yet while we were sitting on our asses, we just floated right into the top twenty-five. No biggie. Uh, so that's always fun. Um, so yeah, I'll just I'll just go straight into it. Now that uh, I've gotten I've given you all that that energy that I'm feeling, and hope I've got you gassed up. Um, so we'll start with this. It's not even really a segment; it's more of an announcement, I guess. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so the first official college football playoff ranking is tomorrow. Um, you know, obviously what we've had up to this point week in and week out is just, you know, the AP top 25 polls, but this is going to be the first time that the actual college football playoff committee gets together and goes into the boardroom and does their typical thing. And ESPN, you know, obviously broadcasts it and we're going to have our first official look, uh, at the college football playoff top 25. Then obviously the top four teams as we're really a couple a couple weeks now away from the end of the regular season in college football, uh, which is insane. <clears throat> so that that's happening tomorrow. I don't know what time, so don't ask. Um, also, in the spirit of talking about rankings, we've got our new, as always on Mondays, we've got our new AP Top 25 poll. And, you know, for the last few weeks, we've only had three ACC teams in there that's been – Notre Dame, Clemson, and Miami for pretty much the last two or three weeks. And as I so boldly stated a few minutes ago, Carolina is now back in the top 25 after getting booted out after they lost to UVA. Um, they shouldn't have, but they did a couple weeks ago. However, two, three weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, we've got four ACC teams uh, in the top 25 this week. So I'll get it up for you right here. 
Uh, Notre Dame stays put at number two. Clemson stays put at number four, obviously, because neither one of those teams played this week. Uh, then you've got Miami that moved up two spots. They were number 12 last week. They're now at number 10. Uh, and then Carolina just, you know. Carolina in there at uh, number 25. So uh, just, just – and actually, I, I this is a good uh, – this is a good lead into what I kind of wanted to start the show with, like the first actual segment of the show, not me just spitting off how hyped up I am. Like, I'm I'm getting a little hot in here. Um, so, yeah. Notre Dame and Clemson didn't play this week, obviously, as we already discussed. And um, you would think, because they're pretty much – up to this point, they're pretty much the main attraction in the ACC. I mean, they're they're the top two teams in the league, but they're also two of the top teams in the country. You know, Notre Dame number two, Clemson number four. Uh, we have yet we haven't gotten to see Trevor Lawrence back in yet because you know they had an off week, and then as we're going to briefly discuss, just because I don't know all the details of it, you know, they were supposed to play FSU this past weekend, and you know there was a phone call before the game. And, you know, neither side could come to an agreement. From the sounds of it, I'm pretty sure Clemson wanted to play and FSU were the ones that were kind of eh, not so sure about that. Um, so, yeah, I don't – again, I don't know all the details of it. I was hoping to get to that in my show prep, just did not have time to get to it. But that's the basic – and the reason I can say this, the the one little thing – other than little things I've heard, you know, on social media and just kind of headline reading, um, you know, it sounds like Clemson was the team again. It sounds like Clemson was the one who wanted to get it done. Uh, and FSU, you know, were kind of hesitant about it because Trevor Lawrence even tweeted out uh, after, you know, it was all said and done that, man, we were ready to play. That's coming from the horse's mouth. So, yeah, so Clemson FSU didn't happen. Um, and then Notre Dame had an off week. Carolina had an off week. Um, but with that said, it was a very pleasant surprise that we actually got some really good football uh, regardless, even though the two, you know, Clemson, Notre Dame, the two uh, showroom teams, you know, were, were not playing this week. And I got to give a quick shout out. And this is going to be hard for me. Because I like talking trash about NC State almost more than I like talking trash about Duke because, like, obviously in basketball, Duke is really good. It's like, and I think especially around the North Carolina area, the North Carolina college sports scene, people will understand this. Um, NC State fans tend to be more delusional and kind of obnoxious than Duke fans. If that, and this is, I guess I should say uh, from a Carolina fans perspective, because Duke is just, they're really good in basketball and they're not very good in football. And they know that. So it's like the trash talking that they do, you know, it's kind of um, at least in basketball anyway, it's worthy and it, it, it's just, it's worthy. NC state, however, to me, they're the Dallas Cowboy fans 
of the ACC. It's like it's always something. They get a little bit of success, and then they go off the rails. Oh, this is our year. This is it. We got it this year. And then, obviously, they go back to mediocrity, as always, which is fun to watch. And, you know, it's what the Dallas Cowboys do. It's what NC State always does in basketball or football. So, this is going to be very um, difficult for me to say. But it is, wor- again, taking my Carolina fan glasses off and putting my objective, bring you value as this is an ACC show, goggles back on. Um, NC State gets needs a lot of credit. And Pitt. The two teams that I've got that should be your two ACC teams of the week that still went out there and held up the ACC, even though Notre Dame and Clemson were out, it's Pitt and NC State. We're obviously going to talk about Virginia Tech later, mostly Virginia Tech, and then we'll give a little, give some, not a little, we're going to give a lot of love to Pitt later and right now. You know, Pitt put on a show. I mean, it was a completely lopsided, again, it's because they were playing Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech is having some issues right now. We're going to get to that later. Um, But Pitt really, really, Pickett, their quarterback, looked really, really good, and they put on a clinic offensively this week. And then obviously NC State, even though it was a one-point game, they played Liberty. Liberty was ranked number 21, and NC State pulled off a nice upset. It was, final score was, I know it was a one-point game, 15-14. to 14, NC State won that one. I believe that was, yeah. I believe that was at home for NC State. Yeah, that was at home for NC State, and they pulled it out by one. Even though their quarterback production wasn't all that great, they still found a way to hang on and win it late, uh, and not and that is their second ranked win of the year. There was the first one when they uh, beat Pitt back when Pitt was actually ranked at the beginning of the year, and then this one, which in my opinion is arguably more impressive, uh, because Pitt, you know, we later would find out this season, except for this weekend uh, and last weekend, kind of too, when their actual good quarterback has been playing. Uh, we've saw that Pitt, you know, they they kind of went on a downward spiral. So, you know, were they actually worthy of being ranked in the first place? We may never know. Um, but we got a lot of viewers in here now. Welcome in, everybody. Talking, We're giving a little love to NC State and Pitt. Um, as a Carolina fan, difficult for me to do. But, you know, we got we got to be objective around here. We We got to do that. Um, but getting back to Pitt, or excuse me, getting back to NC State, uh, that's a really impressive win. I mean, Liberty was ranked number 21. They were 8-0, I believe. Uh, their head coach just got an extension. And that that's really impressive. And, and it's actually the circumstance that NC State did it in is what makes it more impressive because I personally thought when uh, uh, when Leary went out and got hurt a few, not a few, several weeks ago now, man, the season flies. <clears throat> you know, I thought they were finished. I thought that, I thought it was going to go back to the quarterback carousel disaster that it was last year when, you know, Leary wasn't what he was, what he is this year. You know, Hawkman and, 
uh, you know, all those guys, the rotation that they had last year, that was one of the main issues that NC State had last year um, was that we, they didn't know who the quarterback was going to be from week to week. It was somebody new each week. Um, and I thought when Devin Leary got hurt, and he was a big reason that NC State was putting together the season that they were, and then obviously got ranked, when he got hurt, I was like, all right, they're just going to go right back to that quarterback carousel. Uh, and it's it's done, it, for the year anyway, because the injury was like a four- to eight-week injury. I don't even, I don't think Leary will be – actually, I shouldn't put a stake in the ground on that because I don't know. I haven't heard. Maybe he'll come back. But I felt like if Leary did come back, the season would be too far gone as we now have two weeks left, I think, of the regular season. And it would just be too late. So the fact that NC State has been able to put together a nice six and three, I believe it's six and three record, and has two ranked wins, one of those coming after that quarterbacking disaster happened with uh, with Leary, that's impressive. And that, again, hard for me to say as a Carolina fan, but that goes to show how legit I think personally that that is is that they were able to hang on, and I think that's that's a big credit to Dave Doran, the head coach of the Wolfpack. Because he was coaching for his job this year, I think. Because after the disaster that was last season, he did get another shot. uh, But he could not have another year like last year. And I was worried that even though, you know, it was due to injury with Leary going out, they were going to just go right back to what they were last year with the quarterback situation. And even though it was due to injury, that might have been overlooked and he might have lost his job anyway. Instead, he's put together a very, very, very good head coaching job this year. And, I mean, again, props to Dave Dorn, props to NC State. We're actually going to get into that a little more uh, here in a little bit when we actually kind of discuss the, the actual game itself, probably more from the pit side of things since I've been going on and on about NC State. But, I mean, that was, again, teams of the week, pit and NC Stake on a, on a week that didn't look like it was going to be the, all that intriguing, you know, with Notre Dame already having a bye, UNC wasn't playing, Clemson was supposed to play, then didn't because of the cancellation with FSU and all that. NC State and Pitt really, I mean, they really stepped it up and held up the held up the ACC this week. So major props to both of them. Um, and, you know, kind of sticking to... Sticking to the uh, the NC State side of things, um, I actually kind of want to go here because we were just talking about the rankings, and now that I now that I've given some respect, and guys, please, uh, you know, all our viewers, be sure to get in on the on the comments, you know, so we can interact live here on the show. That's always fun to do uh, when we've done that in the past. Um. So now that I've given NC State their props, you know, because you had to, because just they they played that well, and that was such an impressive win, and it's been an impressive stretch that they've put together, at least after that ass kicking that Carolina handed to them uh, the week after they got ranked, and then Leary got hurt and all that, which was expected. Um, I gotta say this, man. I can I can imagine that NC State fans are a little bit spiteful 
towards the Carolina fans today. Um, and the reason being because of what I opened the show with, and that is Carolina did nothing this weekend. They sat at home and watched. Meanwhile, got into the top 25. They, they returned to the AP top 25 uh, for the first time in a couple weeks. All the while, NC State goes up against Liberty, a ranked opponent who's been on an absolute tear, undefeated, uh, playing as good as any team in the country. Outside of the top four, anyway. I mean, those are obviously higher caliber, but you know what I'm saying. Liberty playing very well. NC State beats them, upsets them, given NC State's situation, losing their quarterback. The quarterback play was not good for them on Saturday against Liberty. And they they didn't get in the top 25. Which, actually, I was very curious. After they upset Liberty, I was like, all right, there's no way. Well, I didn't say there was no way, because there's always no way. But... I was very intrigued to see if NC State was going to get back in the top 25 because, I mean, that, again, that's an impressive win. They've put together an impressive little stretch here without their quarterback, which I'm actually, now that we're talking about this and, you know, with the college football playoff committee getting together tomorrow night, I'm actually very interested to see, will they take a look at that, you know, NC State situation the fact that they were able to upset Liberty and they may put them in the top 25. Do not be, do not be surprised if NC state ends up in the top 25 when the playoff committee gets together tomorrow night, do not be surprised because it's just like, again, that's very impressive what they've been able to do. But from a fandom side of things, I think it's absolutely hilarious that Carolina sat at home and did nothing this weekend and got into the top 25 yet again. NC State goes out with a bad with a bad quarterback situation against a ranked opponent, upsets them, gets their second ranked win of the season, and they don't get in the top 25. That to me is absolutely hilarious. So um sticking with that, <clears throat> and, and also Sticking with the NC State thing, on a serious note, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, I think there's a chance that the playoff committee looks at their situation, looks at that win against Liberty, and potentially puts them in the top 25. I wouldn't be stunned at all if that happened. Um, And I don't, I think, even if they don't do that, my guess is that because NC State doesn't have, and this is why Carolina is actually very fortunate uh, because, and they're more fortunate than many of the teams that could be in a playoff, or excuse me, could be in a ranking position in the top 25. But due to a weak schedule and weak opponents, they don't have the opportunity to get credible wins to get them back in the top 25 after being booted out. Carolina is very fortunate because they've still got Notre Dame and Miami, two ranked opponents in the next the, their last three weeks of the season that they can and, and now they're back in the top twenty five anyway. But they've got a really good shot to move up even higher because they've got Notre Dame this week. They've got Miami to wrap up the season. 
two top 10, not just top 25, two top 10 opponents. So Carolina is very fortunate among, you know, the kind of the teams that were in that second tier and got, for whatever reason, got booted out. They've actually been very fortunate because NC State does not have, they've got Syracuse and they've got Georgia Tech for their last two games of the season. That, in order for NC State to get back in the top 25, they're going to have to win those two games, Syracuse and Georgia Tech, which I think they will do, and they're going to need whoever's in the bottom part of the top 25, they're going to need them to lose. Then I think NC State will get back in the top 25, assuming they handle business against Syracuse and Georgia Tech, coming off of this ranked win against Liberty. That's the situation that I would say would put them back in the top 25. Um, so, yeah, that that's – that's where I'm at on the NC State side of things. Um, real quick, <clears throat> before we move on to one of the other games this week, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. They sponsor our show, uh, ACC Tailgate, and then all the other shows on Chris Landry Football. Um, they're one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S., and they have teamed with us to provide you guys a special offer our podcast listeners all our subscribers all you guys we got a special offer from them and all you would need to do to get in on that is go to our website landryfootball.com give us a subscribe too by the way while you're there first of all then what you're going to want to do is go click on the ad that'll be located in the upper right side of the page you pick among the gaming sites legal in your home state such as bet mgm DraftKings, FanDuel, and points bet and it's literally that simple. And so, again, you just go to our website, LandryFootball.com, click subscribe, and then you go click on the ad that will be located on the right side of the page and get in on that action from our sponsor and good friends, American Betting Experts. Uh, so I want to go very quickly because it wasn't a very important game outside of Syracuse. Shout out Peter Berg, one of our uh, loyal fans. Uh, and then Louisville fans, obviously, it wasn't a very exciting game by any means. But um, <clears throat> I did want to point out a quick little stat that took place in the Syracuse Louisville game. Louisville won thirty to nothing, completely lopsided. Um, and it was actually interesting because this was one of the, one of the few times that we've actually had a game going on live while we were doing the show on Friday. And, <clears throat> you know, again, Louisville won at 30 to nothing. But what was very eye-opening to me was the time of possession. And I'm going to throw a quick stat at you from this game. Um, not only was the score so lopsided, but the time of possession was lopsided. Louisville had the ball for 41 minutes and 46 seconds. Syracuse had the ball for 18 minutes and 14 seconds. So they basically had the ball for a quarter. And I'm pretty sure the ball that they had it in the most was the third. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it was basically the third that they had the ball for the most part. Um... Now, while they did not set an NCAA record for the lowest time of possession, they sure did. They damn got close. 
the lowest, the record, I believe it's still the record, for lowest time of possession was back in 2017 when Rutgers only had the ball for 12 minutes and 10 seconds against Michigan State. Score was like 40-something to nothing, Michigan State over Rutgers. That was back in 2017. I believe that is still the record for lowest time of possession. So, damn it, Syracuse gave it a shot. They they get they gave it a shot uh, for having some type of a record this year, other than a bad one. Whoop. Sorry, Peter Berg. I had to go there. I I had to go there. Um, you know, a real trickster like that, I guess. But uh, that that I just thought that was noteworthy from the Syracuse Louisville debacle. Um, so we got to go here. We got to, we got to, we got to go here. I'm looking at you, Virginia Tech fans. I hear you. Fire Fuente. I hear you. I'm going to have to hear about it on Thursday on Thanksgiving when I go up and I see my uncle Lee, who's a diehard Virginia Tech fan. He lives in Christiansburg, which is right around not far from Virginia Tech, diehard fan up until this year with COVID and everything. He's a season ticket holder. He actually sold. This is how bad Virginia Tech has been. My my uncle, who's a diehard Virginia Tech Hokie fan, who has, he's been a season ticket holder for years. He literally decided to sell all of his tickets last year because that's how bad it was. That, that's how bad it was. A dude who loves going to these games, season ticket holder, said, yeah, take them, take them. Probably at a, a pretty decent price, by the way, as well, just to get rid of the damn things. Um, so I'll probably have to hear about that on Thursday. But, so I said it, I've said it actually a few times leading up to this game, Virginia Tech and Pitt. Uh, I said it leading up to last week, Virginia Tech against Miami. Virginia Tech had a path to either really pick themselves up this season, which is what I'm hoping Carolina does with their remaining schedule now that they are back in the top 25. Um, They're obviously not uh, in that Tier 2 conversation anymore because I think Notre Dame took that. And based on what we see happen now that Trevor Lawrence will be back for Clemson, they may go up and take number one from Clemson. But because... When Notre Dame beat Clemson, they didn't. They weren't at uh, Clemson wasn't at full strength. You know, obviously Trevor Lawrence and many other important pieces were missing uh, due to injury for Clemson. I can't give Notre Dame the one spot just yet. We'll see what happens. Probably in the ACC title game here, not in the very uh, near future. But I would put UNC in potentially the tier three spot, and we're going to talk about them a little more towards the end of the show. But you know, the, their offense has been, except for the hiccups against FSU and UVA that booted them out of the top 25, you know, the, the FSU one booted them out of the top five when they were ranked five, and then uh, the UVA one booted them out of the top 25 when they were, I don't remember what they were ranked, but it was, it was some somewhere in the lower half of the top 25. Um I would potentially put UNC in that number three conversation with Miami because I don't think Miami's a very good defensive team. Um, I don't think Carolina's been a very good defensive team uh, this year either, which is something those two teams have in common. 
UNC, I'm just I'm curious to see, and we're gonna find out this week. Is UNC's offense is is it as good as it's looked? They haven't gone up against really a good defense all year. And Notre Dame's isn't anything to write home about, although the red zone defense has gotten a lot better from last year. Um this is gonna be the the toughest opponent Carolina's had all year, and really the best and most challenging and one really good high-tier team that that Carolina's faced all year. So I'm curious to see what they do with that opportunity now that they are back in the top 25. Um, And then obviously they'll have a a chance to go up against Miami in two weeks uh, for their season finale, so that'll be interesting. Um, But, man, Virginia Tech has just – Mm. So they lost to Pitt, not by a little, not by a good amount. They lost to Pitt by a sh- a butt load, a lot. It was a lot to a little. Try not to curse, but it's curse worthy because that's how bad Virginia Tech has been this season, and especially again. Now, again, I got to give Pitt their props because you know Kenny Pickett was incredible, and he's been hyped up as a again by his coaches. He's been hyped up as an NFL caliber quarterback. You know, we'll see what he does moving forward, but you know he's looked pretty good at times this season, and especially. Uh, against Virginia Tech the other day. I mean, he threw for 35 of 52, had 404 yards, two touchdowns. Now, again, you got to realize that that's against a Virginia Tech's defense that's been god-awful this year. I mean, they they have just been floodgates wide open for offenses all year long. So you got to take that into consideration. But anytime you go 404 yards, two touchdowns, 35 of 52 in a in an ACC football game. That's pretty good. So, and then obviously Kenny Pickett got a Kenny Pickett, not Picky Pickett, uh, got ACC quarterback of the week. Uh, so again, got to give Pitt their props. And I, I think one thing what we've failed to do, and I think it's been kind of disguised. Uh oh, we got trouble. We got our guy Spartan Barton back in here. Uh, that's right, big game for the Tar Heels this week. We're actually going to finish up the show with that here in just a few minutes. Uh, Spartan Barton, big shout out. Uh, had a really good comment interaction a few weeks ago, so that was really fun. So I appreciate him for getting back in here on the action. Um, but I think one thing that we've kind of lost sight of this year, mostly because Pitt has been – not very good this year, and so it's kind of disguised it a little bit. Pitts had one of the best rush defenses in the country. And, I mean, what does what what is the one thing that Virginia Tech actually does well or can do well, has shown that they can do well, hasn't done it so well in the last couple weeks, mainly because Khalil Herbert was out last week uh, against Miami. He was back this week, but again – Going up against the number two currently rush defense in the country in Pitt, uh, they shut it down. They shut all of that down. They shut down 
the run game, the ruck, all of it. Um, and that's really the one thing that Virginia Tech does well, because God knows it's not their defense. Nothing against Hendon Hooker, but he's not he hasn't been an elite passer lately. Uh he can't he can he can obviously run the ball, but again, against that pit run defense, he kind of, you know, he actually had more carries than Khalil Herbert. I think uh, Hendon Hooker had 15 carries to Khalil Herbert's n- nine carries, I think. You know, Hooker uh, threw for 13 of 22, 260 yards, two touchdowns and interceptions. So not bad passing the ball, but just not enough. Clearly not enough to, you know, when you got the other side scoring 47 points. Uh and then Khalil Herbert had nine carries for 72 yards, no touchdowns, completely got shut down. Uh, averaged about eight yards a carry, but didn't did not have his usual explosion. And again, he is coming off of an injury, so you got to take that into consideration as well. But I mean, Pitt's run defense, I mean, it's number two in the nation for a reason. It just completely shut that option. The one thing that Virginia Tech does well, it completely shut it down. And so uh, you know, I said, and and where I started this segment was, you know, Virginia Tech. Um, they had the opportunity to either really pick themselves up. It's where I was going a minute ago. They had the opportunity to really pick themselves up with two ranked opponents, Miami and then Clemson next week. <laughs> that ain't gonna be pretty, Virginia Tech fans. That is not gonna be pretty. I th- I'm pretty sure it's Clemson. Um. They had the opportunity to, to to finish the season on a good note. Two ranked opponents, Miami and Clemson, next week. And then they had Pitt, a team that has been just a shell of themselves for most of the year, and UVA, which has been the same, a shell of themselves all year. You had a shot to – I don't know if you would have got back in the – yeah, I do. If you would have beaten one of the two ranked opponents and then showed out against Pitt and UVA, you probably would have gotten barely back into the top 25. You would have been in the conversation considering you were there earlier in the year. But I also said at that same token, they also have a shot to completely fall over themselves into the end of the season and probably Fuente gets fired would be my guess. God knows the fans want it. Um, I mean, every comment section you go in about this game this weekend has been get rid of Fuente, bye-bye Fuente, fire Fuente, get him out of here, get Fuente out of here. Every comment section and any talk about Virginia Tech or this game, as we've got a new viewer, welcome in. Uh, Hope you're doing well. Please get in the comment section. Would love to interact. Uh, But yeah, every comment section that has anything to do with Virginia Tech or this Virginia Tech pit game, it's fire Fuente. It's fire Fuente. And I got to be honest with you, it's valid. It is very valid that Fuente should lose his job after this disaster of a season. Um, it's really, other than giving Pitt love and then talking about how Pitt has, you know, their incredible run defense that's number two in the nation that we forget about because their season overall has been so bad. The only thing I had for this segment is fire Fuente. I mean, I'll even show you. I don't know if you can see it. Fuente is finished. 
finished. Because, and again, I don't know, and I don't, I don't want to put a stake in the ground on this because I, but I got a funny feeling that he might be losing the locker room, which is not good, especially when you're having a season like this. I've been in locker rooms like that as a baseball player, and I can tell you, it ain't fun. I, it ain't fun. And Fuente is on the hot seat. I promise you that. So that is the one good thing that could be coming your way, Virginia Tech fans. Fuente's on the hot seat. I promise you that. So, uh, and i tell you something else. It ain't going to be good against Clemson. And if it's more of the same against UVA, Fuente will get fired. The day after that game occurs. The day after the season ends, Fuente's gone. Mark my words. And you know that. I don't even have to tell you that. Um, and, and Spartan Barton, again, correct. Too many ACC schools accept mediocrity. You, Virginia Tech this year, UVA this year, Pat Narduzzi over at Pitt could, could potentially, I, I don't know if, you know, the performance against Virginia Tech and Pickett playing well here at the end of the season um, uh, could could help him save his job. But in the six seasons, I believe it is, he's been very average to even below average uh, over there. I, I don't know all the details of it, but he's definitely not helped his case with this season. And, and again, you know, I don't know if the performance here by – Late, late in the season could be enough to help him save his job, uh, but he's another one. You know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that weren't supposed to be mediocre this year. You know, UVA went to the ACC title game last year. Pitt looked pretty solid last year and was going to have an even better team this year than last year. They've been, eh. and then Virginia Tech has fallen all you know to the point of this whole segment has completely fallen over themselves. Um, and then uh, any update on Clemson, COVID cases, I do not have any. Um, uh, I, you know, Trevor Lawrence is good to go. Other than that, I have no idea. You know, and I talked about it earlier in the show. You know, I, you know, Clemson and FSU could not come to an agreement to where they could play a game. Uh, it sounds like Clemson was ready to go. At least Trevor Lawrence was ready to go. He said, I mean, he's tweeted it. He said, we, we were ready. So, uh, but no, I don't have any updates uh, uh, outside of outside of Trevor Lawrence being good to go. I don't have any updates. Um, and again, yeah, to this point, exactly. Virginia Tech was one game last year away from the ACC title game. One game. Like, and you fumble it over yourself this much when you start out the season ranked. Defense is god awful, and just like I said, Fuente is finished, and that's all I'll, I'll say about that. Uh, because I would like to wrap up the show real quick, uh, talking about the upcoming uh, game between Carolina and Notre Dame. We'll have obviously more on this on Friday. Um, and I already kind of alluded to it, and we're going to get some basketball, obviously, on in on Friday, but I had a lot, so much football I wanted to talk about today. Um, 
Carolina is very fortunate. And I'm very happy about this as a fan. Carolina is very fortunate in the sense that, you know, they they had their struggles, you know, early to midway through the season. Lost their way, got booted out of the top 25 uh, where they started the season and were there till about midway through when they lost to UVA. Um, they've been very fortunate, and obviously after this week, they're back into the top 25 sooner than I expected. But even regardless, even if that wasn't the case, they're very fortunate because of the teams that got a taste of the top 25 and then got booted out, a la Virginia Tech, a la NC State, of course, even you know Virginia Tech, they had a shot playing Miami and playing Clemson, but they completely dropped the ball, uh, as we just spent a good 20 minutes talking about. Um, but NC State, they really, other than Liberty, they didn't have a good opportunity to get themselves back in the top 25. Now, they, stay, they still might get in by the skin of their teeth. They got to beat Syracuse, and they got to beat Georgia Tech, and they need somebody or a handful of teams, a few in the bottom part of the top 25 to lose so they can maybe scrape in, uh, assuming they handle business in the in the end of their season. But not every team had that opportunity to get themselves back in. And Carolina did because they've got Notre Dame on primetime this week. Uh, that'll be on ABC 330 uh, p.m., not a.m. Obviously, we're not going to be playing – a football game in the middle of the night. Uh, but Carolina, very, very fortunate among the teams that got a taste of the top 25, maybe fumbled the football a little bit, uh, and are now back in a position to be in the top 25. Carolina already is uh, back in the top 25, being the last team in. Uh, they're very fortunate to have very notable games to play to now – potentially even up their status. They've got number two Notre Dame this week. Uh, they've got Western Carolina, which is not – I mean, they'll, they'll, they will obliterate the Catamounts. Uh, and then the, at the end of the season, they'll wrap up against at Miami, uh, number 10 Miami. So Carolina's got two really – in their final three games, they got two really big ones to potentially, after fumbling the football – getting knocked out of the top 25, they've got a really good opportunity. Because, I mean, that's the two best teams all year that they would have played. The one-ranked opponent, you really kind of have to put an asterisk next to it, which was NC State, because that was that was right when NC State got into the top 25 at number 23, lost their quarterback that helped them get into that position, and then it was a complete blowout. I mean, Carolina beat them 48 to 21. Wasn't even close. So you got to put an asterisk next to that ranked win. But these two are not asterisks at all. I mean, they're they're not even close. Notre Dame number two, Miami number 10. Uh Carolina's got a good shot to put themselves right back into the conversation. Uh, I don't, you know, obviously it's too late to get into the top four of the college football playoff. Uh, but they got a really good shot to really get in a good position and to potentially get a good bowl game. So um, that will be interesting to see. Uh, and that is where I think we're going to leave it here on a Monday on ACC tailgate. Um, I will answer a quick question, though. 
actually, I'm going to answer two points. We got a couple. We got like five minutes before I need to, you know, kind of wrap up here. But Spartan Barton, because he's been incredible in the comments section uh, for multiple shows, not just this one. But he makes he makes a good point and then asks a question. I want to get to those real quick uh, before we go. You know, UNC offense is putting up good numbers this year. Uh, and to that point, they haven't played a good defense really all year. So I'm curious to see, like, and that that's another reason not only to get themselves back into a really good position in the rankings. It's not only that, it's the fact that this is Carolina or Miami and Notre Dame are the two actually legit good teams that Carolina plays all year. Really the only two for the most part. I mean, like legit nationally ranked teams. So I'm curious to see, because Miami hasn't played good defense this year, and Notre Dame is not bad, but not elite defensively. At least I don't think they are. Um, But not bad. Pretty solid. Um, It will be interesting to see, all right, is that explosive Carolina run defense, Carolina pass game with Sam Howell and Daz Newsom and Deami Brown for receivers. Is that going to look the same against a Notre Dame and a Miami? That's what I'm, other than to put themselves in a good position in the rankings, that's the thing that I'm most curious to see because you would think based on just eye tests that Carolina's got one of the most explosive offenses in the country. The question is, can they do it against legit opponents? And they haven't had a legit opponent really all year. But we're going to find out real quick. And to, to Spartan Barton's point here, which is actually really, really good, th- this is good stuff here. Because th- th- Derek King has been incredible for Miami. Um, and he has really, you're, you're correct, because their defense hasn't been that great. And King has been really the offense for Miami. He's been the core He's been the core reason for it, how good that they've been, and probably why that they're in the position that they are at number 10 in the rankings. One of the issues that I have, and God, it was a really bad issue against Wake Forest, was has been Carolina's defense. Like, it ain't been the same this year that it was last year, I don't think. And so I'm curious to see how is not only my – that's the two questions that I have for Carolina as they go up against Notre Dame and as they go against Miami, is can their offense look as explosive as it's looked against everybody else that wasn't nationally ranked? And will their defense actually show up? Because I got bad news for myself and Carolina fans. If Carolina plays the same caliber of defense that they played against Wake Forest and many other times this year, a la FSU, a la UVA, they will get annihilated by both Notre Dame and Miami. That one you can take to the bank and cash it in. It just It's not going to be pretty. And so those are the two things right there. Is their offense going to look the same against an elite opponent as it has against everybody else? And is their defense actually going to show up? As far as the, the final question that we're going to wrap up here um, that I wanted to get to, I'll leave you with this. He asked, Spartan Borton asked, does UNC have a better chance against Miami or Notre Dame? I'm going to say Miami just because their defense hasn't been great. So I think that offense 
is more likely to look the way it's looked all year against Miami. What could even that out, which is why it could get iffy, is is Carolina's defense going to show up? But if I had to choose right now and put a stake in the ground, I would say they have a better chance against Miami than Notre Dame. So we shall see, and we're obviously going to talk more about this on Friday. Uh, this is actually the last time I'm going to see you guys till Thanksgiving, so or, or till after Thanksgiving, and then it's actually going to be Christmas season. It, it, and real quick before I go, I will actually legitimately be able to break out the Christmas sweaters. We got the Stormtrooper over here that's actually been broken out a few times already. And then the ugly Death Star Christmas tree sweater over here. Thanksgiving's fine and good. But let me tell you something right now. Happy Thanksgiving to you too, Spartan Barton. Really appreciate everything you've done for the show so far. Oh, yeah. yeah. Christmas music, it's already... Christmas music has been on for me since October. Like, this is nothing new for me. But I will say this. It's all... Halloween's great. Thanksgiving is great. I already get into my Christmas hype way before those two holidays even occur. But when Thanksgiving is over, when that last plate of food is had on Thanksgiving and I'm stuffed full of fudge and turkey. It's a game over. Because it is actually Christmas season. It ain't just me hyping it up because I'm Christmas mode all year long waiting for this. It is real. It's there. So, uh, I'm excited, clearly. That that energy that I started the show with. Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited, and I'm excited to see you guys after Thanksgiving on Friday as we talk more football. We'll have basketball to talk about and probably plenty of other things to talk about as well. Uh, But with that said, that's it for a Monday on ACC Tailgate, Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. Got to thank our uh, sponsor, American Betting Experts. Thank you to Spartan Barton for being a great guest as well in the comments section. Hope to get even more people in here as well. And until Friday, you have a happy Thanksgiving. Except for Duke fans, you can suck it. See ya.